Well, hello there, fart faces. Please refrain from farting in anyone's face. Many of us are in the midst of some high tension, social distancing, and it's a tough time for a lot of people. Um, This episode that you're about to hear is from one week ago, uh, before in New York City the ish really hit the anfe, Um, and so... I'm only just now getting it out to you, but I figured that to be a gift in disguise. Let's zoom back to a week ago um, and enjoy a little bit of talk about USWNT winning the She Believes Cup. Uh, This will be me and Kwame talking. And this message here also goes out to all of y'alls just to say that we're we're not going to go anywhere. Well, we are quite literally going to go nowhere. However, we will continue to be on your uh, in your feed and uh, streaming awesome content. Uh, what'll it look like, you ask? Not sure. Not totally sure. Uh, there's there's some interesting news regarding the USWNT and Carlos Cordero stepping down. Uh, we barely just touch on that in this episode, so we'll get back together to talk more on that in depth. Um, and Ty and I also have a few things cooking uh, for you USMNT fans out there. Um, we, may go, uh, we may go a little bit deeper on our USMNT history. Uh, we may uncover some some lost sods for you folks to zoom back in time to a better time. Um, all that and much, much more, folks. So uh, to all of you out there, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're staying safe. Um, and we're just we're sending you our absolute best. And now is the time for online community more than ever. So stay with us, be with us, be together whilst uh, being as far apart as possible, please. Thank you. Uh, have a wonderful rest of your day. Wow, wow, wow. Three wells. Hello, folks, and are welcome to We the Peeps. This, of course, is the American Soccer Podcast in which you are going to get to know everything that you need to know about the women's national soccer team. I'm Clayton, and I'm a rapper. I'm Kwame, and I'm a doctor. And are we Ludden Nats? Champions of something of the She Believes Cup. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. That's correct, folks. You heard it here last. The USWNT has gone home with the prestigious title of champions of the She Believes Cup. Kwame, is there an actual cup that they took home? Yeah, no, there was an actual trophy uh, that they get with fireworks and everything. Nice. Nice. Well, we did it. We did it. Three solid wins, one goal scored against in the entire tournament. Uh, and we've got two games that we haven't yet had a chance to speak about. Uh, USA versus Spain. And of course, USA versus Japan, which just concluded uh, as we record tonight. So let's dive into all that good stuff. But first, folks, please do remember, shoot us a five-star review. You know how much that helps us. Uh, It's not a small amount. It's a large amount that it helps us. So please do that. Um, And who knows, maybe your review is going to end up on the show, or maybe you'll end up in the people wards if you say something goofy in your review. Um, Also, please tell a friend. You know, I don't know. I don't know what what your life is like, but in, in my life, having some camaraderie, some some uh, the, the ability to feel like you can be with people without actually being in the same room is really important right now. So tell a friend about this show and uh, get, let's grow this community. And also um, hang out with us on Twitter if you want to, if you feel like it. At WTP Pod is where you can find us 
on their end of housekeeping. Folks, uh, it was, I, you know, I, I, I came out of the, the, the first game versus England saying that was pretty tight. As in, that was a pretty close game. Kwame didn't think so. And now that we've seen another two games, I think Kwame was right, uh, as per usual. Um, it, they, these were all different versions of, of close games. And for sure, uh, this Spain and, and Japan, both closer games than the, than the first in this round-robin tournament. But alas, uh, haha, nice try. Uh, I guess I'd like to, to start, Kwame, start us out with what for you was haha, the nicest try of the She Believes Cup? Um, well, I thought Spain pushed us really hard. Yeah. Uh, I would say, I would say nice try to Spain without the ha-ha, because, uh, they <laughs> more, are more really... of an, more of like a genuine <laughs> nice try. <laughs> yeah, no, they are pushing us yeah. hard. They pushed us hard, uh, in the world cup. They pushed us hard in a friendly last year before the world cup and they gave us everything we could handle uh, in this game. Uh, you know, it could easily have been a Spain win. It could easily have been a draw. Um, you know, I, I think the USA winning one nothing was deserved, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, that was definitely the result and it was coming. It was that they made it very, very difficult for us. And I think that that's the game as a team we will probably learn the most from. Cool. So let's let's start there. What did you learn uh, in the game versus Spain? What are you What are you taking away from that? And then, uh, you know, maybe in a couple minutes we can dive into the Japan game. So I think we learned a little bit about the U.S. and the press that we seem to be um, emphasizing under Vlatko, uh, which I'm all about, uh, but. We learned, I think, a lot about the inherent, some of the weaknesses in the press um, against certain teams and where we need to improve both tactically in terms of coordination and in terms of personnel. So for the Spain game, uh, there were a couple of lineup changes, not as many as I was kind of hoping to see, um, but uh, we saw a few. Uh, So on the front line uh, against England, uh, it was Tobin Heath, Carly Lloyd, Kristen Press uh, against Spain. Still had Carly Lloyd in the center, uh, but it was Megan Rapino uh, and Lynn Williams in. And uh, we really got on England with our press in that first game. And Spain uh, really handled our press with some ease. Uh, now, part of that is. Uh, that they're just very, very good technically with the ball. Uh, And we didn't, you know, we didn't make them sweat in the way that uh, we made England sweat. Uh, I think part of that is the coordination of the press. Um, That is, you know, it's a new thing. uh, And this was a really tough team to apply it against. And I don't think that the combination of Lloyd, Rapino, and Williams uh, were popping with the press the same way that the lineup against England did. I think partly that's practice. I think partly it was Carly Lloyd's second 
a really strenuous game in a short period of time. Mm -hmm. And so she wasn't as explosive in the press, and that's understandable. It's still preseason. But I also thought that Megan Rapinoe, uh, who's working her way back into fitness. This is her first start in a while. I thought that she uh, struggled to find the press and really uh, and really explode into it. Yeah. Uh, so that was, um, you know, I think that was a learning experience. But I think also, uh, you know, Spain really challenged us and and didn't let us have our way. We didn't get to sit as high as we as we thought. Um, and we, I think, started to, it, we really struggled, I think, to find a way to play through Spain. We ended up playing a lot of long balls. Um, we tried to make these like killer passes uh, instead of the simple pass. Uh, and, you know, it was, it was tough. It was really tough. Um, Spain hit the post once. Uh, Spain had a lot of the ball and a lot of possession. And, had us in had us off balance uh but it was rare that they were really you know bombarding us or putting us under pressure like they had us they had us at a disadvantage but they were never or they were rarely in like a killer position yeah uh and maybe that is still their growing um i think a lot of people would also say they don't really have uh an excellent kind of number nine. Um, and if they did uh, a, a focal, uh, you know, a tip of the spear, as it were, that that would be, uh, that that would make them much more dangerous. Uh, they do have a number of youth players coming up. I think they won recently both the U-17 and the U-20 um, World Cup. So there's a wave of young, dangerous Spanish players coming. Uh, I think a few one or two from those recent under-20 championships were on this squad. Uh, and they're really targeting, I think, the the Euros, uh, which are uh, 2021. Uh, so that that was, you know, I think that was Spain. Um, Genuinely, uh, not, b- before we move on, um, decided yeah. by a Julie Ertz goal, who, by the way, had a phenomenal game. Worth mentioning. She was all over the place. And not only was she um, her, you know, her best version of herself on the field, but also there was there was some I forget if it was an injury or or what happened, but there was one of those moments in the game where there's a stoppage, and uh, so the team kind of gets to congregate around the coach, and it was really cool to see the discussion go from like a Vlatko centered Vlatko centered, um, yeah, like mission statement to I don't know mm-hmm. what they were saying, but it it got handed off at some point to Julie Ertz, and she was just barking out orders. Which was which was really tight, and and she followed that up with a with a solid goal. Yeah. Oh, I I wasn't uh, meaning to move on from the game just yet, but yes, Julie Ertz, um, in addition to her game winning goal, continues to be uh, continues to be a monster. Continues to snuff out a lot of danger. Continues to uh, be a player that when she goes forward, whether on uh, whether on set plays or uh, when you know breaking up an attack and turning into a counterattack uh continues to be a very uh key player for the US. Um I also thought uh and you know listeners will know at this point that uh you know I'm a big big Lindsay Horan uh fan. Oh, but are you? I thought that yeah yeah I don't know if you'd heard <laughs> but uh you know the one change in the midfield from this game 
from from in, the England game to Spain was uh, Mewis replacing Haran in the midfield, mm. and then it was still Ertz and Lavelle. Uh, and I thought the Mewis struggled to find the game a little bit. Um, uh, it's not. I mean, Mewis is an incredible player. I think she just didn't have the greatest game. Uh, I think a lot of the team kind of struggled a little bit, and, and she was part of that. And I think Foudy um, suggested, I think it was Foudy, but maybe it was another um, analysis of the game that I was listening to, suggested that Vlaco really likes to pair um, Mewis, Mewis with uh, Rapino, uh, and then Haran uh, with you know either uh, Press or, um, or probably Tobin Heath because they're club teammates. Interesting. Uh, and I thought that the Mewis-Rapino link up didn't really work in the way that we wanted to but when Lindsay Horan came in I think probably around the 70th minute uh I thought she was exactly what the U.S. needed in a game against an opponent like Spain Lindsay Horan as I've said before is the best player on the team in terms of finding space uh knowing where to distribute the ball playing the ball one touch into space um and when she came in, that's immediately what she did in the middle of the midfield, one and two touch passes, moving quickly, finding space. Uh, you know, she found space all the way high right on the, uh, you know, against against Spain and was screaming for the ball. And, and for like a couple of minutes and her teammates were really finding her. And it was one of those moments where she's like, I've been watching this game for seven minutes. This is where the space is. This is where we get the ball to to kind of turned the screws yeah. uh, and it took her team a li- it took the team a little time to sort of catch up uh but i think in in against teams like spain where we also need to be able to possess the ball against their technical players who are who are going to kind of swarm us very quickly if we lose the ball she's exactly the sort of player that we want uh and so i think that that's a lesson maybe for for the team moving forward in this mm-hmm. eternal sort of like who starts? Is it Mewis? Is it Haran? Uh, I think Haran is better suited, uh, you know, and it's worth, you know, sort of thinking about the de- player development, right? So uh, a lot of the U S players uh, went to college and then joined the NWSL uh, international team players. Lindsay Haran um, didn't go to college, but uh, straight from high school went and played at, uh, at PSG. Or was it Leo? She went and played in, in France, but I think I'm fairly sure it was PSG. And so her initial kind of three, four years of really formative professional soccer were European, right? So that technical um, game is very much in her DNA. She can yeah. certainly play all sorts of all sorts of ways. But against a European team of that type, I think she's our best weapon. Yeah. Um, so that was one well, of the things. Well, and, and she's away. an interesting player, right? Because she combines this really sophisticated, like technical, technical ability with an attitude. I mean, she's got a tude, you know, and it's not every day that you run into um, a player that, that comes to the plate with both. She's, she's not only able to kind of mastermind these combination plays, but she's also key emotionally to the team. She, she does little things here and there that are just kind of angry and awesome, you know? Um, she is, uh, she's, a, she's a very technical player. She's also a very um, 
She's also a very bruising physical player. Uh, she can score with her head. She's very good with, you know, we, we saw against England, that little delicate chip to free up Carly Lloyd. She really has a lot of tools in her kit. Uh, and, um, you know, Ertz, Ertz is, as we've said, Ertz is sort of the beating heart of this team and is a force in midfield and a hard tackler. Haran is a little bit different uh, in the way that she tackles and the way that she attacks, but, uh, you know, but I think is outstanding um, in what she does. Yeah, and so so who else uh, stood out to you or did anyone maybe disappoint versus Spain other than Megan Rapino? You know, I think the team overall, it was a hard game. It was definitely a hard game. So I think we're often used to thinking about this team um, and having room and time to be spectacular. And so we, we have this high standard of like, oh, if they struggled, it's, be, you know, they just had like an OK game. We say, oh, they struggled. And I think a lot of the team had an OK game. Um, you know, when Rapino and Williams came out, uh, and Press and Heath came in. Uh, I thought that they f- they failed to find the game. Uh, they struggled a little bit um, to to execute the plan. It's not that they were you know playing the ball out of bounds or having a terrible game, but it just wasn't like I was expecting them to come in and make a real impact for the press to get much better when they came in, and it 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 didn't really, in my opinion. And again, a lot of credit to Spain. They really made us work hard for it. Uh, I was interested to see Emily Sonnet. So the one change was, in the back line. Yeah, I was going to shout um, her out. I, You know, just because of who she is uh, and because of Instagram, I love seeing yeah. Emily Sonnet take the field. And I actually thought she had a pretty solid showing. But what was your take? Yeah, I think it was solid. Um, I think that Sonnet is a solid player. Um, I think that she doesn't... She doesn't add as much to the attack and she doesn't have as much, I think, uh, experience and kind of spatial awareness as uh, as some other players. Uh, when she's, you know, when she's in, um, you know, because th- she's not naturally a right back. Uh, she's obviously a very talented player. Uh, and, you know, sometimes she can be dangerous moving forward at right back and get some good crosses in. But I don't think it's her, her strength. I think her strength is her kind of tenacity uh, in the tackle um, and, uh, and, and other things are kind of added on to that. Uh, so I thought she had, I thought she had an okay game, uh, but not a, not a great game. Um, I think that really this was a game where uh, the U S won based on mentality and mm-hmm. based yeah. on uh, being kind of the superior athletes. That was really like the last 10 minutes where Spain kind of dropped off a little bit. And whether that was, whether that was fatigue, whether that was trying to protect, um, you know, and try to hold on to the draw uh, and, and, you know, and see if they could end up, uh, you know, winning the tournament on goal difference or something. Um but whatever it was, I think that we we um, pressed them uh, and we had the initiative the last 10, 15 minutes. And that's and that's when we scored. Uh, and I think that's, you know, that's down to both conditioning and mentality. And, you know, on the conditioning front, again, you know, the U.S. is not is not game fit. Um, I will add as a little bit of an aside going back to the England game. You know, we talk about the U.S. being more fit 
than just about anyone else. Yeah. Uh, and what, some of the talk coming out of the England camp is um, so the the U.S. strength and conditioning coach um, is a woman named Dawn Scott, who's British, um, you know, kind of like Jill Ellis was, and she was with the national team uh, for a long time. I think as long as Ellis was there, um, but maybe longer. Uh, and when Ellis stepped down, uh, she accepted a job with the England national team. So she's now their strength and conditioning coach. Uh, and so England was like, oh, now we're going to be able to run with the Americans. And it didn't quite pan out that first game. Uh, huh. And I think, you know, we certainly have, uh, you know, it's not like our fitness is going to fall off, but, it, you know, it's one of these little chess moves, right? <laughs> it is. Moves I didn't realize moves. that. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I also, it also occurred to me why the men's national team didn't consider hiring Jill Ellis uh, at some point, if that, you know what I mean? Like, why, why not? But while we're on the topic of the England game, you, you pointed out uh, something interesting after we recorded our review of that game about finding a YouTube stream of the English broadcast with some former England players. Um, can you enlighten the people? I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, so I I I uh I had a takeover of the uh WTP Pod uh Twitter feed. Yeah, boy, uh, follow us. Yeah. <laughs> it was a crazy takeover consisted of two tweets, but um but yeah, there's uh there's a YouTube feed basically of the entire BBC broadcast. Actually of, of a bunch of England games. Um uh so uh, so check out the Twitter for that. Um and you know, so in the beginning of, you know, so it's pre-game uh, halftime and post-game pre-game. They were very excited about the game. They thought this was going to be a really good test. Uh, there were some young players, but they were, uh, you know, they were, they were hoping that this would be a sign that they were continuing to catch up to the U.S. Um, and maybe win the She Believes Cup, just like they did last year. At halftime, the commentary was, we're lucky to get to 0-0 halftime. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not sure how we're trying to play and how we're trying to attack uh, and, you know, questioning a little bit some of the personnel decisions. And then uh, after the game was over and the U.S. had won 2 nothing, it was a continuation of, uh, you know, that was the result we deserved. It could have been worse. It could have been 3-4 for the Americans. Um, then they, again, they really questioned uh, Neville's uh, lineup choices. Um, England has really struggled post World Cup. They've had, you know, five or I think they've had a bunch of losses. They've only had two wins, uh, and uh, there's a sense that the team's kind of going backward a little bit. Um, a little bit also of the veterans versus the new blood, and maybe the coach is going with the um, going with the veterans rather than the up-and-coming players who are killing it in the club teams. So um, against the U.S., um, a late sub in the game was um, they took off Ellen White and they put in uh, England. I forget her first name at the moment, but they put in England for England. Uh, and she was immediately a bright handful. Uh, and she had one play where there was a cross that she took down and, and sort of volleyed it sort of just high uh, from a good chance, sort of right at the top of the box. Uh, and they were saying, you know, she probably, based on, you know, current form, she should have been the one to start. It's always it's always super interesting to get that, like, you know, peek behind the curtain, uh, the other perspective, right? Because we, 
we see it from our perspective, but the game is so much more complex than that, and it's always enlightening. Um, let's talk a little bit about Japan, because, and the way I'm going to pivot is by noting that uh, Kristen Press had the assist off a free kick in Spain, one of her epic weapons is being an incredible free kick taker, and scored another nice goal. I say nice goal, I'm not going to say it's a worldy. Both of these goals felt just a little bit savable. But nonetheless, uh, the pivot here is that Chris Impress once again scores an impressive goal uh, and has a, has a really good showing. Um, what were your sort of first impressions, first takes uh, after the final whistle versus Japan? Yeah, so, you know, this is pretty immediate. Uh, I don't know if you said, so we're basically recording this, you know, 10, 15 minutes after the Japan game has ended. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Kristen Press, again, I, you know, I thought that was a very clever and aware goal. It was a bad, it was a bad giveaway by the keeper. Uh, but, um, you know, the camera from the goal mouth, uh, she drops it in just under the crossbar. I think there's very few keepers who who save that from from where they you know from where the keeper was and where press was yeah um and you know that's nine goals in 10 games for her under vladko uh she you know she continues to be an excellent excellent player um and you know and hard, and hard to keep off the field and it, it it appears that maybe vladko is not going to keep her off of the field um he started her at the center forward position, giving Carly Lloyd a rest and had uh, Heath and Rapino uh, on the flanks. Yeah. So let's, can we, can we just start with the starting lineup? Um, I think yeah. that you saw some of the experimentation you were looking for, I would guess. Uh, we did get to see Tierna Davidson uh, try it out at center back, which is exciting. Uh, we also throughout the game got to see Casey Short try it out. Upon seeing the starting lineup, you know, were were there some things you were excited about, and did it pan out in the way that you expected? So, you know, the starting lineup, um, I thought I so I was there were some changes that I was happy to see. I was happy to see Adriana French in goal. Um, I thought that um, you know, if Alyssa Nair had gotten a third game, I, I felt like that was really a you know, not utilizing fully the opportunities we have to get other keepers experience. So I was very glad to see Adriana French uh, get a start. Um, you know, I was uh, glad to see, um, you know, Mewis and Haran um, with Ertz. Uh, I, I, you know, I like that shakeup a little bit. Um, and I was very glad to see Tierna Davidson at center back uh, in part because I think She's an excellent player, but also meaning that she's recovered uh, from the, you know, the ankle injury that, um, you know, that really was keeping her out. Uh, from the starting lineup, I would have liked to see a little bit more experimentation, uh, but um, getting, uh, you know, Casey short about 30, 35 minutes at left back, I thought was, uh, I thought was pretty great. Um, I thought also, um, you know, getting in. Lynn Williams was good. I was disappointed. I was disappointed that um, uh, Andy Sullivan uh, never got to see the field. I think in the whole yeah, tournament. Yeah, yeah, that's that's um, a big miss. Yeah, and I think, and particularly because Julie Ertz is superhuman, but she's also human. Uh, and so this was the third <laughs> game in quick succession. 
the temperature at kickoff, I think, was 84 degrees in Texas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think there was a little bit of fatigue. And... Julie Ertz had an above-average game, which is mm-hmm. uh, mediocre for Julie Ertz. She was, right, right. You know, it was, it, and and I noticed that as well. I felt like maybe there was an emotional high from the game, you know, the previous game versus Spain. I don't know, but wasn't wasn't her finest moment. I I will super just just throw it in there that Megan Rapinoe seemed to have find found some fitness by this game. Um, did you feel that way? I did think she was uh, she was better in terms of ground covered and uh, you know uh, acceleration uh, in this game than she had been the game before. I think still below what she has demonstrated in the past and below I think what other people playing that position have brought to the field. Uh, I think that Megan Rapino even so you know it's not that Megan Rapino can't be effective if she's not flying around the pitch like she might have, you know, two, three or, you know, four or five years ago. Um, But if she's not, then what she really brings is, I think, her her passing, her set piece uh, delivery, her, you know, tactical and positional awareness on the field. And I thought that those weren't necessarily um, all that solid either there i think they were a little better than against spain but there were a lot of wayward passes i mean she did score a very nice goal uh i think uh you know you can question if a yeah off the free kick that haran wins um but uh and now you know i'll say that this this was the second time that haran was down and i was like oh crap uh you know she either dislocated or her shoulder or like that was like a always shoulder and you know what was interesting about that minor you know the the knock she took was that it was mm-hmm. the same injury that neymar faked earlier in the day did you catch that did you watch the Dortmund? i didn't i didn't watch <laughs> right, the never PSG mind Dortmund never mind game yeah. check, check that out later but uh yeah. <laughs> literally neymar flops so hard he lies so hard that he injures his shoulder maybe uh-huh. and uh lindsey haran got flattened just in the after effects of of the challenge and it looked painful and i I was worried too um also also worth mentioning that kelly o'hara literally shed blood uh yeah in this game exciting stuff yeah i mean it probably took like diamond tipped cleats to like puncture her granite tough skin (laughs) but but uh but it, it did it did happen uh, towards the end. I mean, you know, I only kept her off the field for a couple seconds. But, yeah. <laughs> um, All right, so but, where are we at? Where are know, we at? Yeah, going back. So Megan Rapino, you know, she scores off of the nice free kick. Uh, I think the Japanese goalkeeper uh, is not one of the top, uh, is not the top goalkeeper that we've seen in this tournament. Um, but it was a very nice free kick. Um, and, you know, you get the opportunity to score and you, and you do and that and that is consistently from the world cup until now that's what megan rapino has been able to do she's been able to be very effective on free kicks um and you know when others might not execute due to pressure etc um you know she has missed some but everyone does uh so so that was you know, that was a strong, uh, you know, that was a strong element. Uh, the Kristen Press goal, uh, you know, that came off of, uh, it was a bad pass, but it was a Megan Rapino interception. I do think that Megan Rapino, 
I know I was criticizing her a little earlier for kind of tactical positional awareness, but actually Japan early on was relatively sloppy with the ball at times, but I, I think that Rapino was particularly good at knowing where Japan wanted to play the ball and that they might be sloppy with it and play risky passes. Because I think she had, you know, three, four, five kind of key interceptions, not from the press, not putting people under pressure necessarily, but um, knowing where the poor ten- negative tendencies, the poor tendencies of Japan were. Yeah, uh, and yeah, so that's yeah. where the press goal comes from. And, and there were a couple other opportunities too. Uh, but if Japan is sharper with the ball, I think that um, I think that Rapino's effectiveness drops a little bit, and I think we generally do expect Japan to be sharper on the ball than they were in the first half. And I think we saw that in the second half. Second half, they Japan, found it. Japan, they found, yeah, it, they found sure. it, and they were, and and I think we also tired quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, that early part, and I, I, you know, on the goal that Japan scored we defensively seemed kind of frazzled and disorganized and people weren't powering and attacking to the ball in the way that um, that we normally expect. Not to mention a nice finish. I mean, I, I, I thought it was a good team goal uh, from Japan. I am curious, though. Um, so this lineup, not experimental enough for you. Let me get your let me get your eleven. For what you given given in the England lineup and the Spain lineup, if you had your druthers, if what, I had my what, druthers, what would have been the starting lineup for this game? So, uh, assuming a four three three, um, and I would have loved to have seen a different position. You Actually, know what? I, I'm I, gonna, I, I'm going to free you up on that one. You do not okay. have to assume four three three. Let's hear. Well. It. Well, part of that regret, so I actually would be fine with a 4 3 with this game. I actually wanted a 4-1, 4-1 against Spain, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> it's somewhere, but, but uh, it's not yeah. here and it's not there. I would have liked to have seen, um, so what was my lineup? Uh, I would have liked to have seen Adriana French a goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have liked to have seen Casey Short start a left back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Davidson at left center back. Julie Ertz at right center back. Kelly Love O'Hara it. at right back. Got it. For got the it. midfield three, I would have liked uh, Andy Sullivan mm-hmm. at the six. Uh, and then uh, I would have done Haran and uh, Mewis. Uh, and again, this is a bit, I'm factoring in like rotation and who's played recently, not like. If we're if this is like a game of the Olympics, but. yeah, yeah, or like so, random yeah. ISO friendly, right, right. And this so, is just and, for this game, and I'm yeah. getting so Sullivan because you're yeah. about to tell me if Kristen Press is going to be at the nine or on the wing. Uh so I would have put Kristen Press on the wing. I would have put Lynn Williams at center forward. Yeah, like, and I, like I probably would have put Tobin Heath at right. That would have been my that would have been my lineup because hmm. I think you know we we needed you know we wanted we wanted to win the tournament obviously but we just needed a draw. Uh, that is a lot of shakeup, right? In particularly in the back line, right? I think I took out like you know sort of three out of the four uh, and plus a new goalkeeper, so that is a lot of shakeup. Um, but I think that we do need to. 
really get everyone game tested. I think we, I want, I think Vlaco would really benefit from seeing all these players in this sort of game environment. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, heavy legs were a problem in this game. Uh, and it was pretty hot. You know, it was pretty hot in the first game. Um, it was a very difficult game. The second game against Spain, uh, it was a relatively warm day, uh, you know, for March in New Jersey. It wasn't hot, but we did a lot of running and chasing in that game against Spain. And then we've got an 84 degree game, you know, like three days later. So I would have liked to have seen both rotation for, you know, people's, uh, people's stamina and fitness. And then, you know, also to see, I think Lynn Williams is, you know, she can play on the wings, but she's best at a nine. I would have loved to have seen, I think that's a pretty terrifying press of press Williams and Heath. Uh, Absolutely. I, yeah. I think people struggle with that. And I think, you know, if we can work on the coordination, I think if Williams is going to be the trigger for the press, I think we want to see if she can, uh, have the tactical acumen to trigger the press correctly. Uh, and so that, that's what I would have loved to have seen. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not like angry about it. Uh, well, yeah, totally. Uh, I'm just but, curious. I'm but just yeah. curious. But yeah, that's the, you know, that's and, my, uh, that's my dream lineup. And one thing, you know, maybe one small change I would make is, uh, I think you had, I think you had, uh, Haran and Mewis right in the center. Yeah. I might do Crystal Dunn instead of Mewis, just because yes. it's been such a long time since we've seen that. And she, I mean, you've said it, and it shows even when she's playing left back that she can play make like a boss. Yeah, that's a good shout. I, I agree with you. I'm changing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, scrap it, scrap yeah, it. Yeah, Crystal Dunn instead of, Crystal Dunn instead of Mewis. Um, uh, I think that, you know, body line, I, what, whatever. I can't, you know, I, I can't really predict anything. I can't really say anything definitively from body language. But I kind of have to feel that Crystal Dunn is perhaps getting a little tired of playing left back. Uh, she's certainly not tired of playing for this team and starting, right? And, you know, being a starter for all these big games and winning the World Cup and going up against these great players. but you know, it's not her natural inclination. And so now it's been a couple of years being, being played out of position. And I think in the camp, you know, there are clear alternatives. Uh, and I think she would have loved to have taken a crack at, okay, you know, Rose Lavelle is not playing. Who's playing that kind of number 10 role in midfield? You know what? I'm Crystal Dunn. I can play that. And she can. She can play that that role really, really well. So... Uh, yes. Good, good shout. All right. So last, last time we spoke, we talked about how Mal Pugh needed to have a moment. She has been left out of a camp just barely, and then she's been brought and not played, and she had her opportunity tonight, and it didn't go so well. So what do you think went wrong for her? She, she had at least one, uh, sort of, very noticeable moment where it was a transition play, potential counterattack. She dribbles laterally for a weirdly long amount of time and then loses the ball, having made no decision at all. Um, so what do you think is going on with her? Where do you think her head is at? What, you know, how do we get the best out of Mal Pugh? 
Uh, so I actually, I saw it a little differently. I actually thought that she had a reasonably uh, decent uh, cameo when she came in. Uh, I, you know, I do remember the moment that you're talking about. Um, but I think that's that's something that kind of happened to a couple of, of players. I think that's a little bit of how Japan, um, you know, closes off the space. Uh, she should have distributed earlier, but I think that's happened. I've seen that happen to a few U.S. players. Uh, she should have had a very lovely assist to Carly Lloyd. Uh, you know, she does really well down the left side. That's true. That's true. She, she yeah, crosses yeah. it right to Carly Lloyd's foot, who's standing 10 yards out. That's a, you know, I mean, that's not a, you know, it's a full volley, you know, but that's just a, I have to redirect it down and into the goal. Uh, Carly Lloyd will absolutely tell you, yes, I should absolutely score that. Uh, she had a nice little, I think she was offside, so the play was called dead, but the ball was chipped to her and it was slightly behind her and she kind of flicked it Such up with her nice heel. Touch. It was a know, really nice And then touch. two yeah, nice true. touches. And then, You're convincing so, me. So, yeah, I thought, it, I thought it was, uh, I thought she was, and I thought she was calm. I think that sometimes um, my criticism of Pew has been that she uh rushes a little bit and then kind of defaults to i'm just going to try to go by this person um in sort of like a direct line and i think that there was a lot of uh i think there was a lot of poise with her today so i was i was pleased um all right uh i wish she'd gotten a little bit more game time um but uh i thought it was a good uh performance i'm excited uh to see what uh what happens the next time they come into camp uh, so yeah, that was that was my take on. All right, on all right, all right. Well, yeah. she uh, also let she also took the corner kick that uh, was Haran's goal. So she could have had two assists, um, but she was the one that took that uh, for their third goal by Lindsay Haran. Hmm. All right, I'm convinced. Right. We'll see. Um, so all right, out of ten, three games out of ten. Ten out of ten being holy shit. This team is better than I've ever seen it. Um, where are you, where, what are you walking out of this camp feeling in terms of how things went for us? Well, how they went for us, uh, I mean, probably nine out of 10, you got three straight wins against difficult opponents. Uh, in terms of performance, uh, I would say probably seven out of 10, uh, given the potential for this that this team can play at um we you know we aren't they're they're not match sharp yet so there were a lot more kind of loose touches and kind of passes going out of bound and being not quite on the same page and they're implementing some new things so uh yeah definitely they can play they can, they can play better just about everyone that saw time on the field can play better than they did uh which isn't to say that they played badly but, you know, this is a, you know, I would say this is a 7 out of 10 out of what they, you know, what they could, what they can play like. Um, and I'm excited to see us, you know, ramp things up gradually over the next several months um, moving into the summer. Kwame, any last thoughts before we uh, depart until the next time this team plays? First, regarding the team, uh, if you watch the broadcast, you know that there, the contentiousness in the lawsuit between the Women's National Team and the U.S. Soccer Federation has uh, really ratcheted up 
Um, there were legal filings uh, submitted by the Federation, um, basically arguing that the women didn't deserve equal pay because their skill level was lower because compared to the strength and speed of male players, theirs was less. Uh, was that a real was, argument made in the court a, of law? That was a real argument made in their in their court file. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, Yikes. but that, that's essentially the content. So if so, the players came out in their pregame warmups um, with the warmups turned inside out, so that you couldn't see the the U.S. Soccer Federation badge. Um, all you could see was like the team colors and then like the the four stars um, because of the way that was embroidered. So um, uh, Cordero. Um, U.S. Soccer Federation president uh, scrambled and uh, wrote a statement that was read at the end of the broadcast, basically apologizing and being like, "No, no, that's not actually what we think." Uh, but you know, it sounds not like, like it is what you think. Sounds like it is what you think. It sounds like you know, it's it, it's not like this was some small little paragraph out of a two thousand page document. Like this was a big thrust of their most recent filing. So. Uh, so it's also, we should also keep in mind that this was in the back of the team's mind as they're going out on the field against Japan. Uh, and, uh, and so to, to focus and overcome that, that continues to be what this team does is that they're fighting on multiple fronts, but when they get on the field, they just win. And then the last thing I'll say is, uh, you know, at, we at She the People, we don't focus as much on the uh on the fishies on the u20s and the u17s the way that uh the way that you and and ty do but uh the women's uh under 20 team uh just qualified uh for the world cup um by winning concacaf and beating mexico uh and uh one of the exciting things about uh this team one is that you know the, the quality of play two their coach um is laura harvey who just until recently was a coach in the nwsl uh and a very high level coach she was probably second choice to get the nash the full national team job so to have a coach of that uh of that ability to be on the u20 team which has struggled a little bit recently uh uh is a big deal and then uh thirdly uh as a as a symbol of the kind of growth and uh physical and uh athleticism on this team uh we are starting to see on the women's national team uh the children of big time uh professional athletes uh so oh, for yeah. example uh this may be if you remember the great uh Dallas Cowboys teams of the 90s. Um, Charles Haley uh, was a defensive lineman uh, and won a couple of Super Bowls with the Cowboys. His daughter, uh, Mia Haley, I believe is her first name, uh, is a center forward at Stanford uh, and I think is on the U20 team uh, generally, or the U23 team at least. Uh, And she's super good. And when you see her play, you're like, oh, wow, she's really strong and powerful. And then you're like, oh, Charles Haley is her dad. You're not surprised. Then the other, and this is particularly relevant to uh, the U-20 tournament that just happened, uh, 
a goal in the game against Mexico, which was the championship game, the goal that tied the game was scored by Trinity Rodman, who is, drumroll please, Dude. Uh, the daughter of NBA Dude. star Dennis Rodman. I, uh, y- so, that's such fire. Um, yeah. Oh my God. That's so awesome. I knew so that Dennis Rodman's years, daughter was a, a high level soccer player, but didn't yeah. realize that the time had come. Um, that's yeah. incredible. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, she the scored a nice, report. a nice goal on a on a sort of full volley to, to early in the game to kind of tie things up. Uh, so you know the uh, there's a wave coming, and uh, you know if you buy a ticket to a youth national team game or maybe a full national team in the future, you, you might be sitting next to uh, Dennis Rodman. So uh, <laughs> let's you go. Know, prepare, prepare for the madness. Let's um, go. Yeah. Um, so very excited. Heard it here first, and we're gonna start doing fishy reports on this show. How's that sound, Kwame? We need that. Sounds I think we need that. good. All right, all right. Let's let's get on out of here. Until next time. Uh, there's a few things I like. I like Tums. Comes in handy. You never know. Sometimes you need it. Um, and it, it, worst case scenario, you didn't need it, and it did no harm. Right? That's the idea. Um, I also quite like uh, synthesizers. FM synthesis is my preference, although it's a little bit more confusing um, than, than subtractive synthesis. Uh, but they're both, they're both incredible, and they kind of go hand in hand. And lastly, um, I quite enjoy the feeling of when you complete a form, filling out a form. I, I hate forms in general, but the feeling of finishing one. We're going into tax season. You're going to get through this. And imagine, think about that feeling when you get to the end. But I don't love any of that shit. As much as I absolutely love the gnats. Let's go. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people.